In Genesis, upon creating the first couple, God imposes on them his first commandment. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God, in creating the first couple, set into motion the prototype he meant to be replicated, not through profligate illegitimacy, but in the sacred community of family life. Here it already is evident from the first pages of the Bible what God proposes propagation, not willful sterility, unity, not divorce, familial relations, not dysfunctioning individuals consigned to dwell under a common roof. All this meant to create an unending procession of people throughout history for a well-populated heaven. To get the wide view of Christian family life, we need to go back even further than Genesis. The blueprint for the family is discovered in the eternity of the Blessed Trinity, There is the origin of a family's life potency in the supreme genitor, the father. The fertility of its progeny in the divine persons of the Son and the proceeding Holy Spirit. The bond of family charity in the communal life of the Trinity. This model of life is replicated in some way in every Christian family. And this is found in its perfection in the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Pope Paul VI called the holy family a school of virtues, Sometimes I hear the objection to the ever-growing homeschool movement that this in-house form of education will inhibit children's socialization by isolating them from interaction with their schoolmates. This may seem a plausible objection until one reflects upon the fact that socialization is truly the happy outcome of the good relationships within the family and that outside of it are found a myriad examples of bad social relations. Through the harmonious interaction of father, mother, and children, each one learns the do's and don'ts which constitute virtuous living. From the outside, from internet and TV, 
from the ways and manners of our troubled neighbors and their disturbed children come forth patterns of how not to live as a holy Catholic family. Every family is meant for the propagation and bringing up of children. The Christian family does this also, but in God's sanctifying grace, which is to say, with the holiness of Christ, which adds a spiritual fertility, a prayerfulness, orderliness, courtesy, and a respectful love which have their origins in God. And so in response to the charge of isolating children from interacting with their peers, for grace to permeate a household, the family needs to close its door to the outside assaults of what is often euphemistically called socialization or of being with the times. Our Christian homes must be miniature churches. God must be represented and present there. The Blessed Mother must have her place of honor and respect the members being in a state of sanctifying grace. Move each one to want to act in holiness and with virtue, resisting the impulses contrary to them. There are three gives that everyone must practice in the home. Give over to the community of the family, which means to belong to it responsibly, give up the isolating ego-driven impulses that harm family relationships, give in to love each person in the family. These are the persons who have not been chosen but who have been given by God to belong to this particular family. For our homes to be miniature churches, they need order and stability, tranquility with times of silence, and those communal activities which everyone does together as a family. And among the essential things of family activities must be prayer. The rosary being the most beneficial and the most effective means of sanctification for its members. Our Lord Jesus came from a holy family. And he himself produced a holy family. Jesus, like St. Joseph, married a virgin spouse, his church. The church, like Mary, 
entirely submits to her husband, Christ. And from this divine family, the church has holy offspring, her children. The church family has a common life, the visible body of the Catholic Church, a common and unifying belief, the creed, a common family table, the blessed fruit of the altar of the Lord's sacrifice. The church is one large holy family bound by love in God in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. It has a common mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. It has a common home in the parish church and a common tie of the relatives, the other members of the church. Our homes must be made many churches husband-dads becoming like St. Joseph, mother-wives like the Blessed Mother, and children imitating the loving compliance of the child Jesus. Sanctifying grace is the very rule of life for such a family. Now, when I speak this way about how our families are meant to be holy families... It has the ring of a certain idealism. I don't intend that. A holy family does not merely happen. It's the result of unending labor, a work requiring unremitting efforts with failures that need new starts from contrition and apology, sacramental confession, with the imposed and self-imposed disciplines, and with the exercise of acting lovingly toward one another, while trying assiduously to suppress the vices of resentments and self-love. <clears throat> Holiness in practice is won by many victories over the vices that the devils propose to us unceasingly. Every day there's a new challenge, a new battle for the holiness of your family. The final goal of the Christian family will be to bring father, mother, and children to an everlasting union with the Blessed Trinity. O God, grant us all to come to heaven where we will be beyond the reach of discord, rivalry, misunderstanding, selfishness, and where we will be supernaturally perfected in unity with you forever. What a high destiny our families have. What great hope we ought to hold for every member of our families. 
God grant that none of them will be lost. None will be absent in that great reunion. And may we do whatever we can on our part to prohibit a bad end to come to anyone in our homes, but rather do our best to encourage and assist each other to attain to his everlasting welfare.